Hey, welcome to the Looking Up podcast. This episode is with Reese and Brian, two guys that I met traveling all on holiday last year in Europe. Uh, they're awesome guys, super creative, so this episode is perfect for anyone wanting to follow their passions in the creative industry. Uh, we did the interview later on in the evening after a few drinks, which is always fun. Uh, so we hope that you enjoy the more relaxed uh, style of, of interview. When we were in, um, in Europe last time, when we were hanging out, one of the, um, the things that really stuck with me um, was, Brian, when you said to me, uh, what's your creative outlet? And um, that's something that I probably never actually heard um, someone say or, or ask me before. Um, and it was quite like, quite an interesting moment because it made me think like, fuck, I don't actually, I don't have one. And I couldn't tell you at that time. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really cool because now I've got like the podcast and like web designing and stuff. And I think it might've been subconsciously after that point, I kind of got myself involved in things that were a bit more creative. Um, yeah. And so I was just wondering um, if you could explain some of your creative outlets. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, for me, I like my main interest in life is music, like outside of work or anything like that is music. So that's what I was more, most drawn to. Yeah. So nowadays I'm in the early stages of learning how to produce music and um, like how to use all the equipment so that when it's time for me to get into a studio, I can sort of like have my workflow going and ready to go. Yeah. Um, I'm also like looking into DJing just as a, cause I'm only working part time at the moment, just as something else on the side, which sort of ties into music. Um, and I just think it's important for everyone to have something like that, regardless of whatever you do, even if it's on the business side, say having a podcast or something that challenges you outside the aspect of I'm doing this to make money. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so freeing as well just to have something that you can work on and that you feel proud of, regardless of whether you're getting paid for it or not. Yeah. It's super important to me. What type of music are you looking to DJ? Um, so yeah, I'm, right now it'd be the music I'm listening to. So it would be like hip hop, um, rap. I listen to a lot of techno now as well. <laughs> yeah. After Berlin, I think that <laughs> completely Berlin changed techno. me. Yeah, it like opened my mind up. All the house um, music. Yeah, house music, all that. Yeah. And um, yeah, just trying to get my hand on as many different things as I can. Cause like mm-hmm. you never know what's gonna inspire you or what's gonna trigger you to like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so there's no end goal, it's just kind of something that you Yeah, for now, definitely. So I've just finished uni. So this next year for me is just about trying as many different things as I can mm-hmm. and see what, finding out what I like so that when it comes time for me to like get serious about like where am I going to build my career? I'm going to know exactly what I want to do and how I want to do it yeah. and like what's worked for me and what hasn't. So yeah, I think that's really important just to, especially when you're young and you're free of as many responsibilities just to do as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Meet as many people as you can, go to as many events as you can and just like try and get inspired by, cause you never know what's going to, like if we never met in Europe, you would have never maybe never had a podcast yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's super possible yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and Reese, do you feel the sort of the same way or do you have like a slightly different take on it no i think 100 percent the exact same in terms of like everyone having a creative outlet because i feel like i don't know i feel like there's a lot of opinions and stuff that sort of float out there that people will go holy shit i've actually thought about that and i feel like 
this sounds like I'm going off on a bit of a tangent, but if you see a lot of like stand-up comedians and shit and they say things that everyone relates to, right? They'll say something and then someone go, fuck, that's funny because mm-hmm. that's happened to me or some shit. At the end of the day, that person just had that thought at some stage in their life, right? The difference between that being a creative person and a person who just had that thought and let it pass was that they noted it down. Mm. And if they're going in sort of that direction and say comedy, they can sort of consolidate all of these kind of thoughts that you just have throughout the day that are funny and all that type of shit. And that can be sort of their catharsis in the sense that everything that they're thinking they can sort of get out and in that case if it's if it's a career not so much just a recreation mm-hmm. I guess yeah like I say it's it's sort of a release which I mean in any form if it's passive aggressive or if it's if it's um, I guess artistic or poetic or anything you're releasing other shit that's in a different realm than the just basic conscious self yep. that you can get out there and I feel like you know you, you'll hear heaps of people that say especially in music and stuff that people could be say depressed or down or anything like that but then they make music and the the lyrics sound really down and they sound dark and they sound like it's coming from a dark place but they're actually happy people in a sense it's because everything that's going on that's i guess dark in their life is that they're actually expressing it they're transiting that into a, a creative or artistic sort of um outlet so in the same way that someone will go to someone and vent about everything that they're doing, they're doing this artistically. And there's a lot of people that will look at that music or that art form and go, holy shit, this person's feeling this certain way, but that's just sort of their expression. And I feel like that sort of guides other people in a sense because people relate to that, whatever they're feeling at that time. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like a, I guess, so it's a win-win on both, yeah, both sort of ends in terms of, I guess, creativity that's that's more so in the creative i guess career path career direction but i feel like if if people who are creative and they get shit out like that way who's to say that people don't get that if they if they they are sort of in a corporate um i guess career path or anything like that so i think yeah i think creativity is like such an underrated form like underrated notion that drives people and um, it can influence people's moods. It can play in, influence people's, I guess, direction, their thought patterns, their opinions, their pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think, yeah. I know you do a lot of creating in terms of writing music as well. Um, so when you're, when you're sort of at your, at your best, at your sort of um, flow state when it comes to creating, what emotion is that coming from? Is that is there one particular emotion that you like to create off or is it just whatever comes to your head in that point? I don't know. I feel like there's two different planes on this thing that I feel like, <clears throat> I guess, passion and creativity sort of have this weird correlation, right? So if you're passionate in a certain area, it can engender creativity. So let's say... And the way that I'm meaning is if you're sort of just in the middle middle ground in terms of mood, if you're everything sort of just going, okay, you're feeling blase about everything, there's really no need or there's no force for, I guess, the creative juices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? So you don't really feel like, yeah, yeah. You're, in, you're sort of in a level plane and you feel like 
there's nothing really to write about if that's sort of your outlet. There's nothing really to sort of, uh, I, I guess, express. But if you're at your most down place, then you do sort of go inside of your head. You go introspectively. You sort of start deciphering things. And then you, if you've got sort of a creative way about you and you can express it through music or writing or some shit like that, that particular emotion is going to be the driving force of whatever the hell you what what you're putting forward Mm. and i feel like if it works in the same way that anything creative at the end of the day especially if it is a career path it's ego based and not ego necessarily in a negative form but i feel like if i get someone to come up to me and tell me that they like something that i've done musically or some shit or if i've done something in terms of writing or some shit like that I feel like that just accelerates or, or pretty much injects steroids into the whole creative juice thing. And mm-hmm. I feel like if I'm happy and I feel like people have appreciated something that I've done, that can be a driving force for writing something creative. So that's why I feel like there's kind of a spectrum to the whole thing. And the middle ground is probably your most uninspired. I feel like if you're either down or if you're up or if someone is sort of complimenting and um, I guess saying positive stuff about what you're doing, then they're both going to form. They're probably going to both, I guess, be expressed in a different sort of way. Yeah. But at the same time, you, you're getting sort of a creative release. I mm. think that's my that's my personal opinion because I, I a lot of the stuff that I write is dark and much like I said before, in that sort of analogy is that I'll write poetry that's really really dark or I'll write um, you know short stories or some shit like that and it'll be really really dark. And whoever reads it will be like, geez, this person's messed up in the head, but I'm actually feeling clear-minded because I sort of got it off my chest or I've I've sort of channeled that in a certain way to sort of express it. Um, But yeah, everyone has their own sort of different creative, I guess. I think it's it's good now um, because you have like the internet and social media and everything like that. And it's not as difficult to like get a foot in you. There's not a lot of investment. Yeah, yeah, it's totally free. Yeah, and trying to put out your content and whoever yeah, that's it. wants to listen and you to can it. Connect or. to that pretty much anyone, which makes it the entry level so low now that no one has an excuse. Yeah, yeah 100%. Like later down the road, there's literally no excuse as to why you couldn't put in like a couple of hours. Like everyone has a long day, like you work an eight hour day. Mm. It's not that hard to come home, like eat dinner, hang out with your family and then just put in like two or three hours of work before yeah. you go to mm. bed. Yeah. Cause like you look at, you break it down. For me, that was a massive barrier to me last year. Cause I was, I was my excuses were like, I have uni, I'm working mm. on top of that. And then like, I'm trying to, carry out all my other responsibilities but then I figured out like what am I doing with my downtime it's like alright I'm watching Netflix like how many series have I watched <laughs> yeah, yeah I do the same I do the same. <laughs> and like I'm going out like twice or like on a weekend and then my money's going down there and, yeah. like, it's just down to like how much and if it fails now you don't have much of an investment like you learn stuff mm. of, in the terms of the time you invested You've learned a lot of things along the way if it doesn't work out. Yeah. And you haven't put in much money into it anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like if you have something in your head now that you want to accomplish, you can do it within like six months. It's all it takes to like get a taste of whether it suits your lifestyle. If it doesn't work out, you can always go back. Like there's n- you don't have to quit your job and like focus on this one thing. Yeah. You can do everything sort of at once and then have a clear mind 
um, without the guilt. Yeah, yeah. You could be doing a lot better or you had this idea and that you missed the boat because, you know, you thought people, like, would not like your content or, like, fear of other people judging your stuff. But I feel like now, who cares? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think you guys are pretty lucky because it's, well, it seems like from the outside you found your passions pretty easily. Um, and it, it doesn't take much just to do a couple of hours uh, after after your day. But yeah. I think for some people, it's, it's really tough to, they don't know where to start. They don't know what they're actually passionate about. Yeah. Um, and, and that might be difficult for some people um, to start because you don't really know. But I guess at that point, you just got to try as much as you can um, just yeah. to see yeah. what, you, what you like and what you don't like. And like yeah. go to other places because like you can't spend your life in the one <clears throat> say so sort of spot or yeah. go to where everywhere else everyone else goes mm. yeah. if you have an interest pursue that yourself like there's no one who has to give you permission like if you're in your 20s you shouldn't even be like your parents are going to give you advice still but like you should know exactly what you want to try mm. what's within your interest range like go out and do that mm-hmm. and just try things till you find that thing that sparks you so, oh yeah and I feel like it's get so much freedom yeah I think it's underestimated how good traveling is for you you know it sounds like such like a cliche thing to be like go out and experience the world and shit and I feel like you know like you said we may I feel like it's an anomaly to be at this age to especially if we were looking at a creative field exactly where we want to go there are a lot of people that might feel like they've got this this sort of creative thing inside of them they can't release and shit but until you go out and you start seeing stuff and you start experiencing stuff like you're never going to draw inspiration from a white wall mm. like you're never going to be sitting in your room trying to muster up or conjure up something and all you have is the same environment the same atmosphere the same people you see every day the same sort of same job whatever you're doing same friendship group same conversation same everything mm. that, that's in, that's virtually impossible to be able you must be like uh, like there of course there's people out there that can do that but that is like nearly impossible yeah. realistically for someone to sit in the same bedroom and lock themselves or you know, however the case is and that's essentially what it is if you're if you are exposed to everything i just said then you're pretty much working within a vacuum and if you're in this vacuum there's nothing that's really going to hmm. spark something that's out of the ordinary and i feel like in terms of especially creativity again that correlates with innovation innovation doesn't come with when working within your confinements it's when you yeah. start blending stuff yeah. yeah and yeah i guess your work gets super circular at that point unless you start to expand your spend your yeah. horizon expand your thinking yeah um that sort of leads pretty nicely because i was going to ask about the trip that you guys went on um to europe so um was that sort of the reason that you decided to go on that trip to to expand your your thinking and, and experience a different sort of society and, and world? For me, yeah, yeah, like, that was part of the reason. Also, yeah, I felt like I really needed a holiday. Hundred percent. Yeah, and um, but yeah, a large part of it was that because I'd seen all these places through like all the pop culture that I consume or like books that I've read. And like I had the opportunity to go there with my friends, so like we wouldn't turn that down. Um, but getting there was like a real shock to me because you don't realize how different some things are in different countries. Mm-hmm. But like 
like I don't know how to phrase this, but it wasn't like much of a culture shock as it was like an awakening of like all the possibilities that life can throw at you. And for me, like coming back, that was the biggest thing because you think about all the people who can't travel regardless of like where they live or they can't afford it or, you know, it's just not in there. Like it's not a part of their life, like traveling for us being from like these countries, which have like high incomes, things like that. And it expands your mind to a sense that to a degree that you can't really describe in words. Mm. So like it's more intangible than saying, I went to Greece and I saw this and did that. Mm. It's more like you experience. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, that made travel a main like goal in my life, like a main passion in my life. Mm-hmm. in terms of um, what I want to do with my life like travel is up there now because it's so valuable yeah yeah 100% and it made me come back and think like all these nights that I've gone out and like hung out with friends like spent all this money you could put that together and just go on a trip and have an amazing time and come back with so much more of a like a life experience that's with you forever mm. Yeah, and all these yeah. like little yeah because it shows that sort of your social norms that we have here I guess Melbourne and Auckland aren't too dissimilar but all yeah. stuff that we're doing day to day and week to week there's just there's just so much different um, different ways of living around the yeah. world yeah and like, 100% and like the degree to which like it just changes everything the way that people are governed by the place they live mm-hmm. but everyone still manages to get their shit done yeah yeah, yeah. and get along with it what was the most eye-opening country or city that you guys went to in Europe for me it was definitely I don't know I'd say Amsterdam because mm-hmm. like yeah. the laws there are so relaxed yet everyone seems to still get on Function. with their and yeah everyone still seems to <laughs> Everyone still seems to function and go to work and have an like economic um, drive in the city mm-hmm. where everyone like like it, it showed me you don't really need laws to stabilize to yeah to control people yeah. Yeah. so you just need to give them like the education and the ability to just like think for themselves mm. and like people are pretty like self-regulating when you give them the opportunity but I feel like when you slap on all these laws on people that in like the intuition is to go against that yeah mm. and try and show like you know I disagree with this so I'm not going to follow that mm-hmm. sort of thing but like, it showed me that people are really like everyone just wants to like relax and have a good time and like get along with each other yeah all that other shit is extra <laughs> like yeah yeah because you've got a really high functioning city with like a, a booming business district and everything yeah yeah um, and so yeah i guess it just does just show that you're if you relax the laws people aren't aren't going to go crazy i mean yeah. maybe for a little bit and then everyone's kind of everyone's sort of ethically sound as human beings yeah. so we're gonna we can come back to baseline eventually and and do what's right for ourselves and our families but yeah, um, yeah. I thought Amsterdam was was real crazy, and and for those who don't know, um, Amsterdam's actually where um, I met uh, Reese and Brian. Um, we uh, we just happened to be in the same hostel room. 
um, at the Bulldog Hotel in, in Amsterdam and, and, and we met within five minutes and, and sort of headed off and yeah I guess the, the rest is history we had a pretty awesome week or so um, after that we went to Berlin um, what was your favorite part of Berlin Rhys? Damn Look, in in all honesty, it would have to be without sounding like one of those pretentious like poppers (laughs) people. It would have to be Bergen, the 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 club. And I think, look, look, it it sounds trash. It sounds trash because you go to a whole place that has a new, it has you know, architectural designs completely different, like the history behind it. And I'm like heavy into. German history, like I'm, I'm like super, super fascinated about it. But and look, I, I feel like you're sort of comparing apples to oranges when you compare like <laughs> a club to the Yeah, right, right, one hundred percent. Yeah, for those who don't know, go look Bergen up um, because it's it's pretty interesting. Um, I'm sure we'll get into it soon, yeah. but yeah, it's um, look Bergen up. Yeah. Look, I think, and again, I feel like I can kind of pull it back here at some stage. <laughs> I can, I can pull it together. Uh, I think, and it, it still does credit. It doesn't discredit um, uh, Berlin as you know a city and stuff just by saying that the main attraction is a, a is a nightclub that's really super exclusive that you and I got in and no one else got in. <laughs> no, 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 and I, again, like, why, like I say, it's a credit to them, um, and I guess their city and everything is because you go there, and I think the coolest thing about it, it's it, look, it's not the whole. I, I to be, I, I thought it was the whole smoke and mirrors, the whole facade thing that it's like because it is so exclusive to get into that that's why it's going to be cool and you get in there and you're going to be pretentious and you're going to sit around and be like you know what there's only the 10 percent that, that gets in right it's literally the opposite it's the opposite of that because what they actually do that that's sort of they they differentiate people to get in and it's not based on how they dress it's look i'm giving a lot of credit to people that have a lot of tattoos on their face and stand there and just say nine if you don't get in but i feel like they're almost intuitive in the sense that they can kind of sense that someone's going to go in there and they're not going to make fun of the social norms that's within the confinements of that building because you go into that building and the thing is that the, the whole like validating thing for him and I especially is because we've kind of been and I'm not going to say like you know what ostracized or, or separated from the group but we've always kind of had a uh, we've always kind of been a little bit different to to the most sort of social norms and all that type of stuff in terms of how we dress what our interests are what our uh, I, I guess our opinions are and you go into a place like that where you're you're the way that you look and you're pushed up against people that um, you know like half naked like as soon as we got in there two girls walk up with trench coats and they walk into the cloakroom and they take their trench coats off and they're completely naked. <laughs> and then they walk into the dance floor and We're stuff. Like, ah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. And so you, you go in there and I think because this is a credit to Berlin because Berlin is a very independent place. Like everyone is very, like I said, independent in the sense that they're not really always looking for conformity they're not looking for yeah. the social standards of everything else yeah, yeah, yeah. and they go in there right and you go in there and 
what's funny is that in any other situation, you realize how you are. I think Bergen was such an eye-opening place because you go in there, right? And it's a club. I was so determined to walk into that club because I'm not a huge club person. If I went into that club, I was determined to be like, if I got in, I wanted to come out and be like, it's not that good. It's just, it's just <laughs> bullshit. Like because it couldn't. What, what could what could make it different from every other place? And because I'm not a big club person, I'm like, if I get in, I'm going to be as truthful as it isn't. And it was the coolest night almost of my life because I I go in there and then you see people. Like I said, you got people like us or regular people and you're pushed up against someone who's completely naked and has like a gimp mask on with a, a zipper. <laughs> but the thing is that you're pushed up in this, you're pushed up in this situation where, it is, 100%. And you're, you're pushed up in this situation where in another, in another situation, in another circumstance, if you were in say Melbourne or if you're in somewhere else where that's, that's like really out there, you do draw a lot of attention to it. And you would probably, you the whole night, you were like, where's the dude with the get mask? You would just be, you would, you would be conscious on your mind, right? You go there and this is as simple as what it was. Like we went the whole, obviously, because it was a bit of a culture shock. We tap each other. We're like, hey dude, look here. And we turn around, this guy with the get mask. And then we turn around and it's like, he's gone. Because you find yourself pushed up against people that aren't judging you and you're not judging them. And you're collectively in this place, just mm. trying to enjoy yourself. And it's not even a place where it's all about being in, in indie or trying to be a hipster or anything like that. It's just, just like everyone's themselves. just being themselves and no one is judging them. And the, the thing is what's weird is that we went for nearly two months of traveling and we stayed in hostels with people for six nights or five nights or four nights or however it is. Apart from yourself, probably the closest people that we met were at this club mm. and we only saw him for like a, a, a 12 hour like, period. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, we went there and the thing is that we were all so vastly different from each other that we, we gathered together. So like what the group consisted of, it was like groups of two. So there was six of us. So there was him and I, and then there were two people from uh, the UK and it was this, this tall black guy. And then he, the girl at, he came with was this girl and she had long dreads both of them super lovely and then we had this other guy who was turkish and then he had i think she was german i forget what she was and he was there and this turkish guy was sitting there and the way that it was like it had us and then you had the girl that was um with the other british guy she had completely long dreads differently dressed to anyone that we've ever seen and then you've got this turkish guy and he's next level gay like in the sense that he's got like fishnet um <laughs> like he's pretty much virtually naked that's, and pretty, he's full of, that's pretty normal in there yeah and it, it is normal but the thing is that we we were only there for like 12 hours right and we were we're just drinking but what we did is we we gravitated towards each other for some weird weird reason that you wouldn't feel like there's even that ether in a place like Melbourne or anywhere else, we all gravitated towards each other and we as a group would, we would like, we would like dance upstairs, we'd come downstairs, we'd sit in the foyer, we'd talk for about an hour, then we'd go back up, get a couple of drinks, we'd dance do, and we kept doing that. And the thing is that they're like, to me, they are probably the closest people. Like I, I still speak to that Turkish guy probably once every two weeks and stuff and ask him when he's coming down and when we might be going back up. and. Malachi, the big dude from Britain, like UK, they were the coolest, coolest people. And that formed 
in a in a group where like you're in a, you're in a you're in a anything goes in that place like there's <laughs> you go in there and like i said that's the most mild i've given you the most timid version mm. of what it is like there's there's uh <laughs> there's rooms adjacent to the main stage which are just pretty much concrete slats basically and you go in there and it's just for people to fornicate <laughs> but there's a, it's, it's like um categorized in sexuality and um i was taken in there for a tour <laughs> it was an okay, informal okay. tour <laughs> <laughs> and i got taken in there and they're telling exactly what happened and stuff like what what went on and how it sort of works and there's people that go in there and i was ironically taken to the the gay the gay section which it was all right <laughs> but i went in there and then he was telling me that people go in there and they they literally just pull their pants down wait up against the wall and wait there and then they wait for other people to come in and do their business and leave and there's no other interaction and it's it's <laughs> it's such a sexually induced club but the thing is that at the same time that it is like that it's not forceful it's still you're in your own you're in your own way if you don't want to be attached to anything if you don't want to if you don't want to mingle with people that are that are down that path you don't have to and people aren't going to look at you like hey why aren't you over here pissing on me and shit. <laughs> like you know what i mean like no one no one gives a fuck if, if, if you're in for it you're in for it but if you're out for it just enjoy your night and mm. that's what made this place so cool is because <laughs> uh. like I, I was yeah, I went, pissed on me. Like, there's only one of two things. Just, just on. But that's why it was such an eye-opening place, and a lot to Berlin and Germany's credit. Like it sounds like again, it's just a club thing. But you go in there, and it's like you realize a lot about yourself in a weird way because you go in there and you're like i know if i was with other friends like and not to say anything there was there was about eight of us that originally tried to get in and him and i got in and that's not to say anything negative about the other group and it could just be sort of something else but you it's almost like we were sectioned out and there was one person that we can't really sort of say that was with us that i feel like if we got into the place they would be a person who would be making fun or constantly looking around and going oh my god that guy's got his dick out or that guy <laughs> that girl's doing this or you know what i mean but i feel like that would ruin sort of the dynamic of it but the thing is that you find a lot about yourself because we go in there and then something that's so out yeah, we out there we're just like whoa Okay. Do you want to get a shot? <laughs> it wasn't really, it wasn't really okay. anything at all. Well, there we have it. That's the end of the interview. Really hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we actually filmed for another 30 minutes after this, uh, but it got quite messy, as you can probably tell. And, um, and yeah, I might decide to post the extra footage a bit later on. Uh, please subscribe if you enjoyed it. Um, we'd really appreciate that. Thanks.